0: Father, thank you so much for your word. What a
1: wonderful word you've given to us because you're a wonderful God. And help us, Lord, now to see the wonder of it all in Jesus' name, amen. If you turn, please, in Genesis chapter 37, verse one, we'll get ready here to read Genesis 37, verse one. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. The lad was with the sons of Bilhah, with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wife, wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. And could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and stood also, also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told to his brethren said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? His brethren envied him. But his father observed the saying. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said unto them, Here am I. And he said unto him, Go, I pray thee, and see whether it be well with thy brethren, well with the flocks, and bring me word again. And he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. Okay, now, in our last study, we saw the, the entrance of God's man. It was, it was, we've been looking at this for a while, the entrance of God's man. Here comes Joseph. He's coming on to the stage of Bible history. And we saw that how Joseph was born as the son of Rachel, who was the only wife out of the four that Jacob loved. And so this put Joseph in a, in a really unwelcomed position in the family of being envied. And his brothers were just flat outright jealous of Joseph. And then we saw how Reuben, the firstborn, very important position in the family, he had fallen in Jacob's eyes because he yielded, not for anything serious, he just raped his father's wife. Apart from that, he was in good standing. And so you can only imagine how the sons of Bilhah, the woman that he raped, felt about their brother Reuben after what he did, right? Oh, happy home so because Reuben had done that to Jacob's wife, we saw how it was just assumed that Jacob was gonna take the birthright away from him and give it to one of the brothers. And of course, they all stood up and said, you know, me. No one expected that Jacob would favor Joseph over all of his brothers because Joseph was the second to the last. He was the second youngest. But Jacob did, and to show his choice, that he had chosen Joseph, he makes this coat, this very special coat of pieces of many colors. And we, and we saw how, how that coat really spoke, that's my man of Jacob's choice. And how it was like the authority of Jacob that he had put into Joseph. Then we saw just how dysfunctional this family was. And we were amazed to consider This is the family that God has chosen to bring blessing to all the families of the earth, all the nations of the earth? You know, we scratched our heads and said, well, if that's the case, then all the families of the earth are in deep trouble. (laughs) And we kind of wondered, how is this possible that such a family with so much sin, so, 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 so dysfunctional, how could all the hope of the world be wrapped up in this family, all the blessing, how could that happen? And the explanation was simply, God, just that. God had chosen this family. God was going to regenerate this family through repentance to be the people that he wanted so that he could use them. And that's very encouraging for Jewish missions because that's our hope. That's why we call this Israel Restoration. It's the restoration of Israel, it's the restoration of Israel from Jacob. And then Joseph, he has this dream. And we saw how the brothers were in the dream. Of, his brothers were going to bow down to him. And and so we saw Joseph, you know, just like a child, he runs and he goes and tells the dream because he knew the dream involved them. And he knew the dream was vital for them to know. And he gave himself just to telling the dream, I got to tell this dream. And this really tipped the scales of hatred. And with the jealousy that was there, with the evil report that he brought, with the coat that he was wearing, I mean, Joseph was just like a train loaded with gunpowder heading down. And then when he tells this dream, it was like the match that ignited this gunpowder and all the brothers just exploded in this rage of hatred and anger against him. But what was interesting we saw is that Joseph just seems kind of blind and deaf to it all. He continues in this excitement of telling him what he saw in his dreams. And so in this chapter, we really have the start of the history of the great hatred of the brothers against Joseph. And on the surface, we're going to see this development of this hatred, you know, in history against Joseph. And that's a history. That's one history. That's the history on the surface. But what we're going to find is that there's another history. There's another history. taking. It's playing out. That's God's history. God's history is how he's gonna send a savior, Joseph, into Egypt to save much people alive. And that's a second history. That's a history of God sending his man to save much people alive. And so what we have here is that a history within a history. And the history of God saving much people alive is inside the history of Joseph's brothers hating Joseph. And this is what makes life so exciting for us, is that there are histories within histories. And as it says about Joseph, as he went through this history of his brother's hatred in Psalm 105, verse 19, speaking about Joseph, it says, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. See, these dreams happened to Joseph when he was 17 years old. And it's not until he's 30 years old that he is, uh, gets elevated to be the most powerful man in Egypt, That's 13 long years, he's gotta stick it out. And just imagine how when Joseph is traveling as a slave to Arabs, he's saying to himself, I just can't believe this, I just can't believe this. Yesterday, I was the most loved son of my wealthy father and now look at me, I'm a slave to Arabs. And, And so during that time, Joseph was tried. But God's history of saving much people alive, it was happening at the same time. And that's true in our lives. If we yield ourselves to be used by God, then there's for each of us, there's going to be a history within a history. We may look at our lives and say, oh boy, trouble and suffering and like Joseph did. But that's just the surface history. And because there's another history within that history, and that's God using us in the lives of others, especially as we pray. You know, why? Because God especially answers the prayers of those who are in trouble and those who are suffering. So it's important for us to realize that there is God's history within a history. And Joseph's history, if you want to see Joseph's history on the surface, Joseph's history is all one of, oh no! You know, it's just just like one, oh, no, after another, you know. Oh, no, the hatred of my brothers. Oh, no, the rejection of the dreams by my brothers and my father. Oh, no, the conspiracy to kill me. Oh, no, I'm being cast into a pit. Oh, no, I'm sold as a slave. Oh, no, I'm being falsely accused of attempted rape. Oh, no, I'm being cast into prison. Oh, no, I've been forgotten by the butler and so forth. So it's just one oh no after another, but God has his history running as well. And when we look at our country today, what do we say? (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Oh, look what happened to our candidate for president. Oh no, the worst is going to happen. Okay, So we have to remember that as it was with Joseph, there's a history inside of a history. Well, after all the fireworks of the first dream, we read in Genesis 37 9, he dreamed yet another dream. And he told his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. Behold the sun, the moon, etc. Some very important words are yet another. Yet another. He dreamed yet another dream. Yet another is emphasizing the oh no, you know, as in, oh no, not another dream. I mean, after all the trouble that Joseph has faced after the first dream. I mean, can't you just picture Joseph when he wakes up? You know, he woke up after having the first dream. He goes and he runs and tells his brother about it. And then he just experiences this avalanche of hatred on him because of the first dream. I mean, can't you just picture Joseph after that terrible day? That was a bad day. Terrible day of hatred against him. And he's getting ready to go to sleep. And he's saying to himself, boy, I sure hope I get a good night's sleep tonight. You know, I really need it and because in sleep is really a place where I can just escape all the hatred of my brothers against me, and what happens? He dreamed yet another dream, and I was like, oh no, another one, I can't believe it. I barely lived through telling my first dream to my brothers, and now what's gonna happen? And we can imagine Joseph, he wakes up that second morning from sleeping the next time, the bombshell of the other dream, and now we have to stop And consider, there's really two possibilities for Joseph here uh, after his first dream and, you know, in this place. First, after the reaction from his first dream, Joseph might have doubted, well, maybe I didn't see it right, you know, maybe, I don't know, it's all rejected. Maybe he wondered. I mean, and so what does God do? He gives Joseph a second dream to confirm the first dream. And now there's a second problem, of course, and we talked about it. Joseph has suffered so much from telling his first dream, he's really got a decision to make that he might have thought, you know, round one didn't go so well for me. (laughs) Do I really want to go into this for round two? Maybe I just throw the towel in and just say, just forget it, you know. And this is where the beauty of Joseph just shines so bright it like leaps off the page in verse nine when it says, "And told it his brethren. and that's Joseph. that's Joseph, because Joseph, in his reaction to his dream, he, he knows he's got no supporter, no one not one of his brothers took him seriously. Not one of his brothers said, "I don't know, maybe he's right, maybe there's something to this, you know, not one." And so Joseph is standing there all alone with his dreams, gotten in a lot of trouble for telling his first dream. But then Joseph is so caught up with his second dream that it's this wonderful spirit of humility where he's not thinking about himself. Remember, we always, we said that. We kept seeing them. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking about yourself. And that's what he's doing here. He's not thinking about himself. He's just only thinking about, boy, this second dream is really important. And this second dream involves my brothers. And this second dream, it's really vital for them. I got to tell them. And so therefore, we can just picture Joseph as soon as he opens his eyes in the morning and he says, you know, shazam, you know. I got to go tell my brothers about this. And when Joseph told his brothers, it was really his triumph over those two questions. Was the first dream real? Should I really risk that? You know, I tell him the second dream. And if you were to suggest to Joseph, if you were to say to Joseph, Joseph, you know, um, I don't think I would talk about the dreams. Can you kind of not talk about the dreams anymore? It's getting you in a lot of trouble. If you were to say something like that to Joseph, Joseph would just look at you shocked and say, that would be to deceive my brothers. I'm not going to do that. I've got to tell them the dreams. See, Joseph, he hated to lie. So he told dreams that he, when he saw them, and in that way, he's like the Lord Jesus, who also hated life, when it says in Isaiah 53.9 about the Lord Jesus, Isaiah 53.9, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. There wasn't any deceit in his mouth. And all you had to do was just to listen to Joseph, just to know that there was no deceit in his mouth. He wasn't making, the, you, I mean, you could look at him and you say, you know, he, he doesn't look like he, he, he's not making these dreams up to try to get the upper hand over his brothers to rule over them. I mean, all you got to do is just see Joseph as he dreams these things and accurately tells what he dreams without changing anything and no commentary. And what we see in Joseph is just this sweet simplicity. Is has to get this really nice simplicity, this sweet simplicity of having no ulterior motives, no deceit. I mean, it's, Joseph is great here because Joseph is in his simplicity and he's just telling the truth. You know, Joseph had that simplicity that characterized the Lord Jesus Christ. And so should we have that simplicity and we can have that simplicity when we set our minds on the Lord Jesus Christ. When we set our minds on the Lord Jesus Christ, the simplicity comes. How do I know? Because of what it says in 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11.2. 2 2 Corinthians 11.2 says, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The simplicity that is in Christ. Now, Joseph tells the dream, you know, Joseph tells a dream, I, 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 to me, the second dream, it, 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 I can't help but think about, you know, Fiddler on the Roof, tell, Tevye tells his dream to Golda, you know, and he starts out by, by saying, only don't be frightened, you know. <laughs> and so we can see him, he gets all the brothers, he tries to get all the brothers around him, and, and th- that's the verse 9, you know. Behold, you know, don't be frightened. Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. Behold, the sun and the moon and the star, 11 stars made a to me. Now, a couple questions for you. Why did the brothers have no trouble interpreting the second dream? That's an obvious question. Obvious answer, I should say. Why did the brothers have no trouble interpreting the second dream? Because of the first, because of the first dream. So that shows us the first dream was necessary in order to, for them to understand the meaning of the second dream. Now, how were the brothers represented in the second dream? By what? The stars. Okay. Was Joseph's mother and father represented in the first dream? No. No. It was was just the brothers. Okay. Was Joseph's mother and father represented in the second dream? Okay, yes. Or maybe we should say maybe. (laughs) Okay. How were Joseph's mother's maybe- Joseph's father and mother, maybe represented in the second dream as what? As sun and the moon. Who was the sun and who was the moon? <laughs> in a Jewish family, that depends on who you ask. <laughs> if you asked Jacob, he would say he was the sun, and the wife was the moon. If you asked Jacob's wife, she would say she was the sun, and he was the moon. Okay, never mind. Okay, now, (laughs) couldn't resist that. The first dream meant that Joseph was going to be superior over his brothers, but the second dream meant that Joseph was going to be superior over the whole family, or over the whole people of Israel, just like the Lord Jesus Christ when it says in Matthew 2.6, Thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people, Israel. And it goes along, of course, that, that's for Israel, and then as far as everybody goes, Philippians 2.10, Philippians 2.10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. In Colossians 1 Colossians 118, he's the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, or literally be first. Okay. So now, in verse 9, he tells his dream to his brothers, which is that it, that's the same thing he did as his first dream, because that dream only involved his brothers. But now the second dream involves the fathers. So we see In in verse 10, he told it to his father. So first he tells his brethren, then he told his father and to his brethren, and his father rebukes him and said unto him, what's the stream thou stream? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come down to bow down before you? All right, so he tells his, his father, and this is another, oh no. Now comes the trouble because now his father, who was his only advocate, is now gonna turn on him and give him a strong rebuke. And the rebuke is that the father blames Joseph for the dream. I mean, he, and he says, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? And so, he's, so Jacob is angry with Joseph for dreaming the dream. I mean, Joseph, poor Joseph, he's not responsible for the dreams. I mean, God made Joseph dream the dreams, but nowhere does it say that. Nowhere did Joseph say anything about God. Nowhere did anybody say anything about God. This was just Joseph's dreams. Isn't it amazing? That not, not even his father even considered, maybe this is from God. Maybe this comes from God. Nobody does that. And the, now the dreams involve both his father and his mother. So does verse 10 say that Joseph told both his father and his mother? It doesn't, does it? Conspicuous by the abs- absence of his mother, just the father. Okay. Why didn't Joseph tell his mother also? She was dead. How do you know she was dead? How can you be sure she was dead? I'll give you a hint. It has to do with the number of stars. How many stars were there? 11. Who was the 11th star? Benjamin. What happened to, what happened to Joseph's mother at Benjamin's birth? She died. She died. So Rachel is dead. Okay, so we've established that Rachel is dead. Now, Jacob is so angry with Joseph's dream, he thinks it's absurd. And so therefore, he asks the question, shall I and thy mother and thy brother bow down ourselves to the earth? See, what Jacob was saying was that Joseph's dream was impossible because Rachel had already died. So how could she bow down to the earth when she's no longer on the earth? So And, and what's conspicuous in how Joseph answers these questions of his father In the next verse is that there is no answer. (laughs) There is no answer. He doesn't say anything. A lot of people would be smart if they didn't give an answer, but he was smart. Okay, so this leaves us with the question, or rather with the picture of Joseph here. He's just standing there all alone, and he's looking at the hatred on the faces of the brothers. He's looking at the anger on the face of his father, and he's just standing there silent as if to say i don't know it's my it's just a dream it was the dream i'm not going to go i'm not going to back down from it i'm not going to try to interpret it i'm not i'm just telling you what i saw in my dreams now that's a beautiful picture for us because that's exactly how we should respond to those who who say well I can't you know, to those who ask a question about the Bible that we can't explain we just say with Joseph it's what the Word of God says you know, I'm not going to try to explain it to interpret it I'm just telling you what the Bible says my explanation is it's written and what's interesting here is that Joseph never says that his dreams are from God he just reports the dreams probably Joseph didn't realize that maybe that his, his dreams were from God I mean little Samuel didn't when he was in the temple and, and, and God called to him in 1 Samuel 3, 4, 1 Samuel 3, 4, the Lord called Samuel, he answered, here am I, and he ran into Eli and said, here am I, for thou callest me, and he said, I call not.
0: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.com. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship